my my setup is all kind of messed up, which we will we'll go into that a little bit later. But um, I guess we'll just we'll just fake a, a Gaz's snippets intro. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Um, <laughs> don't have a whole lot here because it's it's actually been relatively quiet as far as uh, Apple goes. You know, we we had the big financial announcement two weeks ago. And, you know, lo and behold, they made more money. Who, who would have guessed that? Um, but some of these snippets, I think I put in here just because they cracked me up. Here's, here's the first one. And God love analysts. If it wasn't for analysts, I just wouldn't have enough anger in my life. Um, one of them is saying that a, a new leak of the iPhone 15 shows that it will be rounder and have thinner bezels, bezels, as well as USB-C. That was so, something. Go ahead. So how, what, did, what does it mean by rounder? What, bigger the, curves on the corner or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a rectangle. And if you, if you actually looked at the headline in the story through Apple News, it was, it was like, well, this is like amazing. Wow, it's going to be r- rounder. And the, the, the little black part that borders the edges will be thinner. And it's like, what is wrong with you? Really? It's going to be a black slab, just like it's been a <laughs> black slab since the very first one. one came out. Well, you know it's got to have USB-C in it because that's being mandated now, um, especially in Europe and stuff like that. So that's not a surprise. And like, it's probably long overdue honestly, as well. I, I I don't know what the Lightning does that the USB-C doesn't, but not much I can imagine. I think it makes. It it's gonna, just, I think it makes more money for Apple with maybe yeah, maybe. But um, I, I know a lot of people get ready for all the moaning articles about. Oh, I can't believe I've got to change all my Lightning things now for my iPhone. Even though it's now mandated, yeah, and, and well, and regardless of that, honestly, Apple should have done it probably four years ago. Whenever, whenever, when when the ten came out, when the iPhone ten came out, is when mm. they should have switched to USB C. Uh, it makes it's, more makes well, more sense now it does. because you're shooting bigger video files, and like the Lightning throughput isn't that high compared to USB C, for example, and you know. Well, to me, it's, it's just more along the lines of, you know, we're, we're trying to get to a connector that we use for everything. Mm. And that wasn't going to be lightning and it wasn't going to be the 30 pin and it wasn't going to be scuzzy and it's not going to be, you know, USB a, because you know, who wants a phone that thick and USB-C slash Thunderbolt is kind of, honestly, the, the perfect connector. It's bi-directional. You, you can't plug it in incorrectly. And it's got great thorough, thorough put. And it, it's just, it's small, it's light, it fits. Uh, everything uses it. You know, there, there's no ambiguity as far as, well, you know, I, this is an Apple only thing, or this is a Samsung only thing, or this is a whatever only thing. It's just one of those connectors that just works with everything. And Apple should have done it two, three years ago easily. And mm. they didn't because Lightning makes them more money, really. And again, that's, that's what it comes down to. Apple is going to do 
whatever Apple wants to do that makes them more money. This is what big companies do. So I don't think that should be a big surprise to anyone. Uh, movie... don't go out of business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, we're sticking, we're sticking to our guns and, and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we don't care who cares. And, you know, six months later, going out of business sale. All right. Um, Apple not jumping into AI chat as fast as analysts would like. And Good. for for those who don't, understand what this is, what this means uh there's a program there's a couple different programs but one of the big ones is called chat gpt and it's it's basically it's kind of an ai test and you actually and this on a somewhat unrelated note one of the things that that carl does on the aforementioned mac and forth show when they talk about when people call into the show or, you know, leave feedback or stuff like that, if there isn't any, you play a particular little song. And do you have that Take handy? Oh, yeah. Caught me off guard there. I know. Sorry. This is the song. This is copyright music, though. <laughs> well, you know, we'll find out. But well, let's talk over it. It's okay. But it's one yeah. bit, one bit in particular that's coming up right now. Here it comes. There it is, right there, it's, and it's painful. It is so very painful. Basically, the guy who recorded it hit a wrong note, and for whatever reason, they left it in there. And you actually went to chat GPT and asked that question. And, and without right. going all the way into it, what was, what was chat's response to that? Well, it was Dean. Dean decided to test it out and ask that question, why is there a bum note in the Hulk theme music? And he gave this long list and he said about they had a uh, they had a full band in there and a string quartet or trio or something, a jazz trio, I think it was. Uh, but the composer actually done the piano solo himself and they were, he says they reckoned he'd done it separately from everybody else. And due to time constraints, even though they made the mistake, they just decided apparently to leave it in according to chat GBT. Now, all I can guess is that's gone out there on the web and found a story and then put it into a nice presentable format to offer us as a fake human being on the other side of the screen. And that's what, you know, we we, we talked about chat GPT on our show this week. And um, although it is, you know, it's clever technology and stuff, it's just I sm I smoke and mirrors as far as I'm concerned. Every, every response it gives is very generic. Like we asked it to write a load of, um, five-star reviews for the Mac and Forth show. Oh, really? And it basically just, yeah, it just spills out like 10 generic uh, reviews. And to test this, I, I did one for the MyMac show, and it was basically the same thing. It was like an Apple podcast. The, the, the hosts are informative and, you know, entertaining and stuff like this. So it's just taking like generic phrases and adding them to, you know, specific points of whatever you ask it. So, I mean, it, it's clever, but... It's not groundbreaking as far as I'm and, aware. And obviously it's never actually listened to the MyMac.com well, no. podcast. Otherwise it would tell you to chuck one. Yeah. What is it? No, that's, it's not a good show. Don't listen to them. That's... So that's, and I actually, to be fair, I haven't actually tried it, but I am now, I'm now curious. So I will. We'll pull it up now. Google it. Sorry? Do it now. Do it live. Do it on the show. Do it live, damn it. Do it on the show. Okay, just well, how do I get Google. to it? How, how do I get to it? Go open Google, open a browser, uh -huh. search for chat GPT, uh, and it should come up, first result. And then you can literally just ask it a question. Okay. Well, there it is right there. That was fast. 
Try chat GTP. Yeah. So down the bottom, there's verify that I'm a human. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Um. Log in with your open AI. Oh, come on. Oh yeah. You got, you got to log in with your Google details and stuff. Okay. Well, let's see if it'll let me just do that. And then you're in and literally just ask it a question randomly about something. I don't know. Well, it's, it's verifying um, that I'm a human. Like, and there's, again. There's, that's so weird. You know, why would a AI chat do you, care that Sally, whether or not I was a human? Uh, do, do you let it refer to itself as an AI? Are you making oh, it, it confirm it's an oh, AI for God's chat? Sake. Oh, Hold dear. <laughs> this is, this is like... Pulling teeth. But... um. Yeah, like I say, once you, if you do manage to get in, it is it is kind of fun. But the way some people are writing it up, it's like the second coming. And you think, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but there are two versions out there. There's the one Google, uh, Microsoft are doing, and there's the one Google are doing, which I think is more Chat GPT. And uh, but the the Microsoft one is having an existential crisis. Oh, Every really? Time people talk to it. It's like becoming self aware, it seems. It's kind of funny and it's insulting people and threatening them, th- them as well and getting them to say all kinds well, of things. Well, it is stuff. Microsoft. You know, I mean, well, yeah. What, I micro- mean, what hardcore Microsoft user doesn't enjoy. <coughs> oh, here he goes. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, doesn't enjoy a good threat every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I, I, I'm up. I'm in chat GPT finally. Oh, and I can so upgrade ask to it. plus. No, no, no. So, so let's let's see. What do you know about? Okay, this is what I'm going to add. This is the first question I'm going to ask. <laughs> Why should I there we go. use yep. Chat yep. GPT? <laughs> chat GPT can be a helpful tool for a variety of reasons. Here are a few. Quickly, oh, quick and easy access to information. It can provide answers to questions. You can ask a question and get immediate response without having to search for the information yourself. 24-7 availability, impartiality, and I'm not reading <laughs> everything it's saying here. Uh, ability to learn and adapt, versatility. Holy crap. This is, I mean, I was complaining about word salad easy uh, earlier. It's like, yeah. you just don't know when to shut up. I just asked. Overall, using ChatGPT can be convenient, efficient, and reliable way to get the information you need. So now well, I'm going to put in right. sod off. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry if I said something that upset you. Is there anything I can help you with? See, it reminds me. Oh, oh my God! Just I'm wait sorry. For him to come back. It reminds no, me sorry. of those text adventures when we were young, you know, and we didn't have yeah, Eliza. On the that's what it was, Eliza. Oh, Eliza. Okay. But, Isn't um, that what it was called? I have no idea. I, I I don't recall that far back. I don't recall last week, to the truth. But anyway, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's technically interesting, you know, and it's better probably than searching on Google. But again. Same limitations. Never trust totally what Google tells you, and it's only pulling in the same kind of um, information, but in a more presentable way, shall we say? Um, for example, ask it. Ask it what's the best podcast uh, microphone for podcasting. See what it comes up with. Ooh, just, that just is a good question. And then it'll be your quest over and done with if you've got it. So. What is the best 
microphone for podcasting. I I bet it's going to be one I don't have. Yeah. Choosing the Here best microphone for podcasting can depend on upon a few factors. Oh, God. Budget, recording environment, personal preferences. Here are a few popular options. Sure SM7B. Uh, Audio Technica AT2035, which I sort of have, sort of. Uh, Rode PodMic, I've got that, and it's giving me like the reasons why it would it would pick some of these different mics. Blue Yeti, oh, now I know you. This is not an intelligent. <laughs> Don't use a Blue Yeti for podcasting. It's worth noting that there are many other high-quality microphones available for podcasting, and the best microphone for you will depend on your specific needs and preferences. It can be helpful to do some research and read reviews from other podcasters to find a microphone that will work well for you. See, it couldn't be any more generic. Yeah. You know, and because I don't have the 2035, but I do have the 3035, and that's oh, well, an important yeah. distinction. Exactly. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on from chat GPT. I'm actually going to leave that up because I'm going to play around with that later. That, that sounds like oodles of fun. All right. Um, the next one is the room rumor that the iPhone 15 will be buttonless buttonless. What do you think about that? Well, it's, it's a possibility, isn't it? Uh, you know, they make a lot of solid state, um, buttons on other things. So the only thing is, if they do that, how are you going to reset your iPhone when it goes totally mad? How are you going to turn it on or off? Exactly. I mean, it's got to be something to it. I mean, obviously the trackpad on MacBooks now are just a solid thing that feels really weird when it's off because uh, you get so used to that haptic feedback. But yeah, if every single button <coughs> is just a solid state... <coughs> you press that <laughs> considering because you know i'm assuming that the phone's messed up and not responding and that's why you've got to do it in the first place yeah so um yeah but yeah it, it does i mean there's got to be at least one button someplace a physical button mm-hmm. to turn something on turn something off i mean other than that, like, let's say that you run out of power. What do you do then? You know, and, and the same kind of thing is like, well, it's not going to have any buttons and it's not going to have any ports. And it's like, for all I know, you're just selling me a, a, a slab of black plastic at some point. And glass. You know, yeah. you came into exactly. my house in the middle of the night, <laughs> took my phone away that worked and left this black piece of plastic that now you're going to sit there and say, oh, well, obviously you're out of warranty and you have to buy a new one now. It's like, oh, okay. And yeah. just go ahead and buy another damn phone. I mean, it will look good if that's the case, if everything's like rigid and solid and like it only comes to life when you turn it on. I just hope someone, obviously they have, they wouldn't release it without going, oh, yeah, how, we can't resell it. That was a bit of a boo-boo, wasn't it? But no. I'm sure they would think about, about that. I'm just saying, though. Um, <laughs> it will confuse a lot of a lot of the normies, shall we say? It really would, because <laughs> it's bad I, enough now. How do I reset it? I do. I do what? <laughs> like I have to. I have to hit what combination? You have to press that one and then that one, but not for long. Don't do it too long, because press. But that one, that one, that one, that one. Now, and do it that now. Sometimes that's it. 
Okay. What could um, possibly go wrong? Absolutely nothing. Next thing I've got, this is the last thing for Cass's snippets. Uh, Apple's, and I love this. This this was a headline, and I'm going to tell you who wrote who, what headline, what magazine this was in. This was in Macworld Magazine. An editor approved this headline in Macworld Magazine, Carl. Mm-hmm. Apple's next big thing will arrive right on time, even if it's a few months late. What? <laughs> what? I mean, it makes sense, I guess, from the bleeding obvious point of view. <laughs> and what this is in regards to is the the so far, you know, and we can put this in the same category with the physical Apple TV set and the Apple car and a, a, a few other things that uh, that people have been talking about. Apple is definitely going to make this and they've got this huge thing set up to do this and that and blah, 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 blah. And it's the AR headset that no one at mm. Apple thus far has confirmed that they're making in any way, shape, or form. And again, you know, like the car, like the television set, you've got analysts that are coming out and go, oh, this is definitely like the, the, the big thing that Apple is working on. And um, I, I, I remember when, when they first started talking about the Apple car, uh, Gaz was under the impression that it was going to be a service. Mm-hmm. And as time has gone on and we've seen kind of where CarPlay is evolving into, I'm thinking it's going to be more along the lines of replacing everything in your dashboard with digital mm. displays through uh, CarPlay. You're, so you'll be able to sit there and say, well, I want my speedometer to look like this and I want my attack to look like this and my, I want my oil pressure gauge here and this, this. And, or, you know, considering that, you know, the internal combustion engines seem to be disappearing uh, faster than, well, I, I don't want to give that example. Um, battery monitoring for uh, electric cars or, or, or what have you. All of your gauges will be set in such a way that, that you decide where they're going to be. And that makes more sense than anything that I've heard come from analysts in regards to Apple cars. And when you think about how poorly the layout is for most dashboards and compare that to how poorly the layout was for most infotainment systems in cars before Android Auto and uh, CarPlay, both Google and Apple kind of hit it out of the park with Android Auto and CarPlay. And who came first and who's stolen what design elements from the other, I don't really care. It's a better way of dealing with my car's infotainment system than anything I have ever seen from car manufacturers. Hmm. Yeah, but they weren't normally made by the manufacturers, were they? They were made by third parties and then sort of imported, like like Pioneer or Technics or whatever. But uh, and then they just put their badge over the top of it. But yeah, 
I mean, yeah, right. Actually, dashboards have got a lot more confusing over the last few years. All, all you need, really, is your speedo and your fuel gauge and your temperature yeah. of your engine. That's it. You don't really need anything else. Maybe, obviously, if you've got an electric car, you need to know what the battery charge is rather than the fuel gauge. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a possibility that they, when they showed off that next generation of CarPlay and it takes over the entire dashboard, you can take your favourite dash layout with you from one car to the next car and stuff like that, maybe. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, yeah, car, the car, Apple car, was always, like, pie in the sky, maybe. But I think there's more, more like, solid stuff for the AR because there are other AR things out there already, like, obviously, Meta and uh, a few others as well. And... Um, have I just don't see my Apple. Yeah, oh yeah, I've got one. There's one there in the background on the thing. Do you use screen. it much? Yeah, of course they do. You play games and like you know, go do little watch movies on it and stuff like that. If I wish, um, there are there are practical reasons for it, but I don't know if they're going to be enough to supposedly warrant the su- suspected three thousand pound or dollar price tag for this Apple variant that's coming out. Um, and everything that was rumoured, like the big rumours that came out a few weeks ago or months ago, none of them were specifically, like, impressive. I mean, it's got supposedly a lot of stuff in there that other machines, other headsets don't do, but then a lot of what they already do do. Um, so it's it's a weird... It's a weird thing to bring out, potentially, the AR headset from Apple. There's no reason why they shouldn't do it, but I'm just not sure if it's going to be the next big, big thing. Um, you know, but I said that about the Apple Watch, but now, you know, everybody seems to have some sort of smartwatch on their wrist when you go around. Not necessarily an Apple Watch, but a Fitbit or a, a Google Time one or whatever they called. I can't remember. But um, Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I just, I, it's, it's like a niche market now. And I don't see the potential there for Apple to make oodles and oodles of money on it. And that's all they seem to worry about these days. Like the big markets, not they don't seem to worry about little markets anymore. You've been talking about Apple or people talking about yeah. Apple? No, no, I'm, I'm talking about Apple itself. I mean, okay, okay, yeah, they bring out a 250 quid speaker, for example, and they know that's not going to be a big seller. They just want to put it out there. Because it it does sound good, given that you know, yeah, whatever. Well, I've but, got um, some minis, and, and they sound. I've got two minis that I have paired up to my uh, TV set, and mm. they sound great. You know, I again, got, I think. Well, I, I've, I've got saying, these I, huge, I think, huge speakers that I used to use with a separate um, receiver and all the rest of that. And anytime I wanted to watch TV and you know use this this other thing, it was big and it was clunky and. Now I just turn on the TV set, the speakers automatically pair with the Apple hmm. TV, and, and I get great sound. I mean, look, there, you see, that's one half of my stereo set for my HomePods, the original HomePods yeah. there. The other one's off camera. <laughs> but that works with that big screen you can see behind me and my Xbox there and various other things. And they all feed in through eARC and then out through the Apple TV, out to the HomePods. It sounds great. Oh, I'm saying, yeah. but I think even that speaker market is a bigger market than VR as it stands at the moment. Um, that's all. Well, I mean, I, it's obviously going to happen at some point in our, you know, if, we, if, we, if we're around In our enough. lifetime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm just not sure anything on the market can is there to blow our socks off at the moment. I could be wrong, you know. That's, they they well, know I mean, their let's... business more, far more than I do. 
let, let, let's face it. We're talking really about the gaming market, which is a big market, but it's, it's not like an iPhone market and it's no. not like a TV market that, you know, where everyone is going to want one of these things. And if all you're talking about, and I, I don't want to sound flippant, uh, if all you're talking about is the relatively small gaming market as compared to something like the phone market, then yeah, it, it's, it's not going to be all of that because not everybody wants to game, uh, especially as you know, cause there, there's definitely a, you know, here's part of the problem is that there's a demographic for gaming and the typical gamer market is going to be from you know uh, early teens to probably late 20s that's where your bell curve is going to be the the biggest and mm. as people get older and and I'm you know I mean I I love playing games but I'm I don't think I'm the target market for something like AR I don't think you're the target market for something like AR they're looking at the the teens to 20s as being probably the biggest target market for something like um, uh, AR, uh, an AR headset. So how do you, how do you fit that, you know, cost, cost wise, how do you fit it so that somebody in their teens to twenties can afford it along with all of the accessories and, and all of the games and everything else that's going to go with it as mm. compared to what they already have, which is, uh, an Xbox or a PlayStation or something along those lines, because not everyone is going to be able to, to jump in with both feet, all of these different little segmented parts of the market. So if you already have a, a PlayStation 20, are you going to be interested in, in jumping into the Apple or, or Microsoft AR headset if it doesn't work? with the PlayStation or if it doesn't work with the Xbox or if it doesn't work with Apple's whatever. And we've yeah, seen yeah. already that arcade Apple's arcade while fun is not the same type of market that hardcore gamers are looking for. Actually it's a bigger market than the others. It's just a different user demographics than the average yeah. <laughs> exactly so uh yeah it's got millions and millions and millions of users but uh obviously the games are not triple a games or anything like that so yeah i understand it but casual casual games yeah and, and you're right you know if they want to apply to the call of duty players and things like that for example or the fifa players or whatnot like that then they're gonna apple's gonna have to let go of their control and that's something i don't see them doing anytime soon what um, no, no, but uh, it's you know there's other aspects like you can watch a movie with it with friends and stuff like that. But I always find that a bit of an odd thing because you don't end up watching a movie; you end up chucking things at each other in cyberspace, yeah. Um, which is what me and my mates did. So it kind of defeats the object of going to the movies. You go to the movies not to be social, but we you do, but that's before and afterwards. It's not during right. the movie. You don't want you're meant to sit there and watch the flipping screen, and if you talk while I'm watching it, you're in trouble. Anyway, but apart from that, but uh. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's been pushed back to apparently to be released uh, or unveiled at WWDC this year. Um, 
No, we'll, we'll see. see. It's it's not far. If yeah. they push it back again and push it back again, we'll know. It's all smoke and mirrors again. So, yeah. Well, you'll have um, some of the various analysts going. Well, it was going to come out this, but there's all kinds of reasons why, and I'm going to put mm. out 14 different articles saying why. It's like, oh, shut up, just shut if up. Apple think, know. If Apple if Apple think they've cracked it, they'll pull it out. So, well, not and even if they think they cracked it, but really haven't then they'll put it out anyway, and we'll see what happens with it. Well, yeah, uh, they've done all the work. Why not? Yeah. All right. Um, dun, dun, dun. That's pretty much the end of Gaza's snippets. And this went on much longer than I thought it was going to for those four <laughs> little things like four that I had. Stories. I know. It was like, what did I have? I had, you know, something's going to be buttonless, uh, AI chat, round phones, and the next big thing. And we've gotten quite a bit of quite a bit of content out of that. So yay us. Yay. All right. 